up and welcome to episode 58 of throwback hoops my name is rob clayton and joining me is woody v how's it going mate good 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 to good to be back robbie second episode of the year actually first official episode of the year after our mailbag episode last week so great to be with you as always my friend it's kind of regular one i guess right yeah great to be back here mate um just a reminder before we get into it just um please make sure you like and subscribe on youtube or wherever you find your podcasts um let's get into it woods um as we always like to do we'll start off with our jerseys for the week um so you're wearing a pretty random one there with the, the hat and the jersey combo there. So, yeah, why don't you take us away? Yeah, sure. I'm just going to stand up quickly. What are you standing up wearing? The bright orange orange Charlotte number 50 Emeka Okafor jersey. Nice one, Woods. The Bobcats. I still feel like I always get confused whether they were the Bobcats or the Hornets or whatever. So they were the Bobcats, obviously, when he was there, right? Yeah, draft day, draft day hat this is, actually, um, yeah. which I got nice. um, while I was over there in the States. So... Mark Okafor, someone I really liked, um, just a little bit about him. He was selected second overall uh, um, in the first round of the 2004 NBA draft to the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, he went to UConn, had an illustrious career there, um, and then played for the Bobcats, Hornets, Wizards. And then he had a really serious neck injury, one very similar to, to what Aaron Baines had. And um, obviously with neck injuries, it's, it's not easy, right, um, to come back. Very serious injury. And he did make a comeback to the New Orleans Pelicans in 2018 played spot minutes there. I think it was his goal to just get back onto the floor after that serious injury. And then actually finished off his career with a couple of uh, uh, years in career, Robbie. But you you talk about him and, um, you know, he had a pretty successful career. Um, I thought he would go on to be a multiple-time All-Star, but he ended up playing, you know, 12 seasons in the league, I think it was. Well, only 10 seasons in the league, actually. Um, obviously with a few years off in between. Between 2013 and 17, he didn't play. So that was a long time out of the game. Yeah. Um, he was robbed by that injury. But I think he, he also won a bronze medal on that infamous 2004 Athens team. Um, had a great game. You know, a guy who could uh, block shots, run the floor. Um, yeah, what do you remember about him, Marco? Yeah, definitely. He was always a great defender, wasn't he? And yeah, I, I remember that injury now you're talking about it now. And look, honestly, those neck injuries are just something that you just don't want to see anyone go through. You see people come back from various back injuries and stuff. But yeah, neck injuries are no joke, aren't they? So yeah, definitely a handy player, wasn't he? Um, you're probably right. It probably those injuries did rob him of, you know, potentially being, you know, an all-star later on in his career there. But and yeah, great that he did manage to come back as well. So yeah, certainly a name I hadn't thought of for a while. Um, we are saying before we started off here, obviously remember the, the more recent Okafor. Um, Someone whose career yeah. didn't quite pan out. I mean, I don't even know where he's playing in this day and age. Maybe we can They're cousins. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, there, um, and Marco also appeared on an episode of One Tree Hill. So, yeah, nice. there's a little nice. bit of pop culture for you as well. Yeah. Fun fact. Oh, good stuff, Woods. Well, I thought I'd sort of um, maybe go back a little bit to the 90s today. Um, so I'm doing the, the double jersey combination. So today hanging up behind me is an Isaiah Ryder Jr., known as JR, double so he's hanging as his red champion Hawks jersey. So pretty random on that one, Woods. It's not something yep. that one you see very often at all, the red one. Um, and I'll stand up and show you the one that I'm, I'm rocking today. Robbie's wearing the classic Minnesota Timberwolves East Bay Funk Dunk Isaiah Ryder jersey. He was wearing that when he did the East Bay Funk Dunk, wasn't exactly he? Exactly right. He yep, sure yep. was wearing that one. So, yeah, I was actually watching some of those dunk highlights today. I, it's actually, you know, before I go into it, that East Bay... Um, 
um, funk dunk as well. I'd never seen someone go through the legs until he'd done it that time. It was amazing, wasn't it? Um, I think the judges gave him a 49 somehow. I don't know what they were doing with that. I don't know how it wasn't a straight-up 50. But, yeah, just a little bit on on JR there, Woods. So, obviously, I'm rocking the the blue T-Wolves champion jersey today. So, pretty plain jersey, isn't it, this one? It's not the most exciting one in the world. I know they did wear, I think, a bit of a throwback to this one more recently. Um, But, yeah, a little bit about JR. So, played nine seasons in the NBA after getting drafted by Minnesota at pick five in the 93 draft out of UNLV. Um, he went on to play with Minnesota, Portland, um, Atlanta, obviously where the jersey is, and where he was a part of a trade that the Hawks fans hated their woods with Steve Smith. Um, yeah. That was something that the fans were really unhappy about at the time. Um, and Lakers, and he rounded out his career with Denver. So his accolades are an NBA champ with the Lakers in 2001. I think a lot of people might have forgot that. And the reason they may have forgotten it, because he actually wasn't on the playoff roster. Um, he played for the Lakers during the regular season, was left off the playoff roster, but still managed to get a ring there for his collection, which is pretty cool. Um, also made the all-rookie first team. And, of course, as we mentioned at the start, he was a slam dunk champion, 94, which was actually in Minnesota as well, which was pretty cool. So, as you said, Woods, this is the, the same um, the same jersey he was wearing for that East Bay, uh, East Bay Funk dunk um, in, yep. in 94. Um, look, his career was possibly not as long as it could have been. Obviously, um, he had some behavioural problems with most of the teams he was on. He had various, um, you know, arrests and you know, drug issues and things like that. Actually spent a little bit of time in jail as well. So that was probably you know, maybe the reason why he didn't have a longer than a nine-year career. But, um um, yeah, no bobbleheads or anything for J.R. Woods, but thought it was a, a pretty good time to take a bit of a trip down memory lane and talk about a, someone that was a very iconic 90s player, wasn't he? Certainly someone that people will remember from that time. Well, Robbie, he's mellowed a lot, out a lot in his old age. You know, with all those off-court issues he had during his playing career, you see mm. him now doing a bit of radio work, propping up, and, um, um, you know, you can see that he's got his life back together, helping the youth as well. Um, yeah, so it's really good. good to see that he's in, in a good place now after having some troubles throughout his career. Exactly right. And mate, they can look back and say, look, a nine-year career, an NBA championship ring. So, you know, it was still pretty successful in the end, wasn't it? And certainly was a highlight real player. I honestly don't remember him that much for the Hawks during that time. You know, I was obviously, you know, a bit upset being a Steve Smith fan. And we did trade him for, for JR there. But, yeah, I don't think he was he was performing that great with the Hawks at the time. But, all right, good stuff, Woods. So a bit of a trip down memory lane with those. Huge um, draft as well, that draft, man. One of my favourite draft classes. Yeah, as well. that's right. Yeah. It was a good one. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, nice one. Well, I thought we might sort of get into some quick hits to start us off this week. Woods, what do you reckon? Sure thing, um, man. So maybe we'll start off with some NBA. So at the time of recording, it's Wednesday, the 11th of January. So I wanted to talk a little bit about a guy that's been absolutely on fire lately. I actually can uh, continue that today. Um, that's, of course, Luca and his Dallas Mavericks there. So Woods, they're currently ranked, uh, they're currently fourth in the West. They're four games over 500 after losing to the Clippers today. But just wanted to see what your thoughts were on Luca. Um, how impressive has the play of him um, been of late, um, given this isn't a great roster? And do you think he can be a legit MVP this season? Yeah, look, he just had his ninth triple-double of the season, you know, a few days before this game. So they lost today. I didn't check that. So they're 23 and 19 now, right? That's right. He got 41 points, but yeah, he just missed out on a triple-double. Yeah. Well, he has a high usage rate. And, you know, it's not always the most fun to watch. You think about James Harden and, and the Rockets teams that he was on when he'd always have the ball in his hands and, you know. Um, but the thing is, you can't argue with what he's doing over the last two weeks. Check this out, man. He's averaging 40.3 points per game. 11.7 rebounds, 8.8 assists, 1.3 steals, shooting 50% from the field. This is like a video game stats, man. Um, and you've seen the play of Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, go to another level. I mean, they're playing well around him and fitting around him. Well, that's the thing about Luca, Because he has that high usage rate, you've got to learn 
uh, an adaptive player around it, but you can't argue with the results. Mavs are fourth in the West, uh, I think, now after that 23-19, right? Um, I'm just not sure about that play come the playoffs, you know, when you've got a guy with such a high usage rate. Can they go deep and win the championship? I think they might go to the second or third round. I'm just thinking here with that team that they've got right now. But in terms of being an MVP candidate, it's the most valuable player. Your team's got to be doing well. Um, I think he's got a really good chance. I think he might even be the front runner because he, he's just putting the team on his back. You know, I think and... a big man in Denver might have something to say with that. But I honestly think it's probably a two-horse race between yep. the two um, guys, um, obviously the Joker and Luca there. It may even come down to a little thing like who's got the you know the best team record at the end of the time. I could see the, the Mavs maybe sliding a little bit down, as we yep. said, fourth at the time of recording in the West. You could see him sliding down to maybe that sixth spot. I think if you know Denver can maybe maintain that one or two position there, that may be enough. But then there's also the voter fatigue, isn't there? Do voters yep. want to give... Joker, the, the third one, but I don't see why they should take that away from because of that. Because, no. you know, I, I'd love to see it. I mean, obviously, I think it's happened once in our lifetime, right? That was Larry Bird in the 80s yeah. winning three times in a row. So you think about some of the superstars we've had since that time that have never been able to win three. So, yeah, no, but it's certainly been, been putting on the show, hasn't he? I mean, you know, obviously saw him getting that, you know, crazy sort of rebound off the um, off the missed free throw and sort of forcing that game to overtime there. So, yeah, no, interesting to see so how it's you- going. Um, what do you think? Do you agree with me when I when I talk about these high usage rate teams, which have like your Hardens, your Don't Don't Chick, and just like dribbling the ball a lot? You know, can they go and win a championship? Right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it'd be very like a, a massive ask to see that team go that far, wouldn't they? I mean, I don't think they've got a lot of trade chips either, so I'm not sure they've got sort of people they can dangle out, you know, before the trade deadline and potentially try and upgrade the roster. So I think clearly it is a worse team than, than last season. You can see what Jalen Brunson's doing in New York. Sure. Yes, they did have Christian Wood. You know, they added JaVale McGee, and I think you could say that's probably not quite worked out. Obviously, I think they signed Definitely him on a last year contract and just hasn't been looking that good there. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be, you know, maybe second, even you know, getting to through to those conference finals would be a great achievement, but also wouldn't be surprised to see that team maybe go, you know, one and done perhaps in the playoffs, given how tight the West can be. So uh, interesting. You can plan for a guy like that better over a seven-game series, you know, and we've seen that exactly in the past, right. right. Playing yep. that way, right? So, yeah. And sort of put the pressure on those guys, you know, your dim witties and, um, you know, those sort of guys to step up. You know, obviously, we'll see see what happens there. I um, wanted to talk a little bit about Indiana Woods. Just before we yep. go on to that one, I just wanted to quickly ask you, we saw the news come through that Kevin Durant's got the injury and he's going to be out for about a month. Um, yep. How do you think that will sort of impact Brooklyn? Because they've been really playing well at the moment. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that KD injury? Yeah, look, they've been playing really well and they've got a bit of breathing space. So one month, you know, the, the All-Star break is when? Coming up soon, right? It's In later. The... It's like mid-February this year. Okay. So we're still, yeah, it's about a month away, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he comes back after the All-Star break and they can make a nice run. Uh, ben Simmons is playing great. Hopefully this sees Paddy Mills and, and Seth Curry step up a little bit now, mm-hmm. you know, because there's, there's going to be minutes to be had now. Um, and Paddy Mills has been out of the rotation. Sure, they don't pay, play the same position, but it might open up some more playing time for him. So I think they'll be able to stay afloat. And the fact that they've done so well lately and got a little bit of breathing space uh, means they should be fine. Kevin Durant is always getting injured once a year these days. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. a usual story. But luckily, it's only going to be a month, hopefully, like they like it's been reported. He comes back yeah. after, after the All-Star break and they make a real push going to the playoffs. I like that team this year. Definitely, and it might make those Eastern Conference um, starters a little bit easier because obviously there was four people from that front line position there with um, you know uh, Embiid, Anatokounmpo, uh, Jason yep. Tatum, and, and KD. So it might make the, the voters' yep. um, choice a little bit easier there. So all right, so I mentioned Indiana there. So that was another team that's that's really surprised me this year, to be completely honest. I know we have talked about them a little bit on the show, and shout out to, to Phelpsy there, who we know is a 
a loyal listener of the show and a big fan of the Pacers. But what they're doing at the moment, Woods, is pretty amazing. They're currently five games over 500. Um, look, I don't think anyone would have picked them to be at that stage. Obviously, you know, we're getting towards the halfway mark, not far away from that this year. Um, what do you think about their way they're playing and, and how much has that surprised you so far? It surprised me a lot. And I mean, we did our predictions at the start of the year, and one of them was who's going to have the worst record in the NBA. And I predicted them to have the worst record. Did you have in the that league. picture? I did. Yeah. I did. So <laughs> I was going to say, Phelpsy, man, you know, um, you know, I'm sorry, man, for saying that, but, you know, I'm eating my words. What do I know, right? What do I know? But look, um, what, they're 23 and 18 as well, last I checked, right? They're, yeah, five uh, games uh, over. Yeah. Five games over. The East is. Uh, a bit stronger, obviously, than the West this year. So I think they're sitting at sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they're well and truly in the playoff picture at East. And look, it's, mm. it's beginning to look unlikely that they're going to trade, you know, the likes of Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. I mean, these veterans are proving to be perfect fits um, next to the young core on this team, Robbie. And you, yeah. you see guys like uh, Aaron Neesmith, you know, apparently can be a quality role player in the NBA. He was almost sitting at the end of that Celtics bench, not playing at all. Wasn't sure if he could have a future in the NBA, but he's found a role here on this team. TJ McConnell never thought he would last more than one year in the NBA. Look at him now as a veteran mm. on this Pacers roster. You know, it's not, it's, it's the sum of all parts that make a good team. And you see here, they've got the pieces uh, um, that can help the veterans helping the young guys off the floor. Um, you know, I know you, you're going to talk about your main man right there, right? So uh, talk, talk, talk to me about him, man. So you're talking about my buddy, are you? No, no, Wait. I'm talking about. Um... I'm talking about uh, Halliburton. Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton. Oh, look, I'll, I'll yeah, start with yeah. I'll start with Buddy yeah. before we go into it. I mean, have a look at that guy's you know yeah. uh, game logs there. He's having a career season this year. He's on track to get his most ever threes in a season. He's just, yeah. I think, if he gets two threes in a game, it's almost considered a bad game. He's regularly getting five, six, seven. And he's actually contributing in other ways too. So that's been really good to see. Obviously, we know that's you know, my daughter's favorite player. So I sort of keep a bit of an eye on Indiana and end up watching these random games on League Pass when they're playing teams there. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, obviously. We saw him come over in that trade with Buddy last year for, for Doma Sabonis. So I think that's, you know, working out to be a reasonable trade for both teams at the moment. <clears throat> Obviously, Halliburton's the youngest sort of player there, and we'll see how good he ends up being. But um, do you, would you say he's a lock to make the All-Star game this year, Woods? I mean, I wouldn't say he's a lock, right? But I think he should, on merit, get there, right? I mean, it could come down to, it's like, maybe between, say, him, Trey, Jalen Brunson, those sort of guys like that. I think yep. it comes down to them. Yeah, you know, Pacers have got the best record. I think they probably deserve to to have a representative you know, at the, I agree. the game. And yeah, you know, look, I've, as I said, I watch him pretty closely. He is really, really impressive. We know he's a great passer there, but he's just his IQ is just off the charts there. Um, he's definitely improved his three point shooting as well. I think we saw him hit was it ten threes in a game maybe a yeah. week or two ago. Yeah, which, it was. Yeah, you know, no, no one would have thought that. You know, with his rookie season there. So yeah, I, I sort of encourage people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't seen a lot of Indiana. They're not that kind of you know glamour team that people would would watch on League Pass. They're hardly ever on, on ESPN these days. So if you get a chance, um, watch them play there. And yeah, we'll continue to see how this goes. But they're certainly in front of a lot of teams in the East that people would have thought would have been better this year, right? You know, teams like Miami, Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, sort of teams like that just off the bat that they're, you know, quite a few games in front of there. So, all right, good stuff, Woods. Well, yeah, the guy like Aaron Nembard, yeah, the guy like Aaron Nembard, the rookie, you know? Yeah. Not, not many people would have heard of him coming into this draft, right? Yeah. And he's proved to be a really, really good player for this team. You know, one guy gets injured, he steps into the starting lineup. I said, I, I mentioned Neesmith earlier. 
they got that next man up mentality, you know. Oh, man, Definitely. incredible. What they seem doing. very close as, close as well. You watch the sort of body language and everything else like that. They all seem to be sort of, you know, having each other's backs and stuff. So, yeah, as I said, certainly encourage people to check them out. And it's um, very interesting to see their success this year. So, all right, good stuff, Woods. That was a little bit of NBA there. Um, thought we'd have a quick chat before we get into our sort of NBL talk about the, the WNBL. Um, yep. I know, obviously, you know, sure. the viewers know we're obviously paying greater attention to the WNBL and really um, enjoying things. I wanted to talk to you about the performance of Sarah Blitzarves last week. Um, unbelievable. For those that didn't see it, um, she was part of the Southside Flyers' big 18-point win over the Melbourne Boomers there. So that was impressive enough in itself. But Sarah had a WNBL season high of 41 points, shooting 15 of 17 from the field. How's this, Woods? Including six of six three-pointers, five rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. So I know you're a big fan of Blitzarves there, Woods. Um, talk to me about her amazing performance. And do you think the Flyers are a legit chance this year now? Yeah, they're playing well, aren't they? And she didn't even miss a free throw, by the way. Um, it, mm. You know, like, and we talk about the Melbourne Boomers being huge. It was, it was a huge game and it, it lived up, you know, to, I think they won by 18 in the end, but it was closer than that early on, right? Um, but yeah, she was some big names clinic. in, that, in like both those yeah. teams, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, she was putting on a clinic, you know, shooting at a ridiculous clip, using all that experience. That was a career high for her. Um, she really stood out. I guess um, it was a really physical battle on both ends of the floor. There was multiple lead changes, as I said, until they broke away at the end. But um, look, I think Bendigo lost two games in that round, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think they did. Yeah, they lost to uh, the Boomers later on and they lost to... Uh, They lost to South, they lost to Southside. They had a blowout yeah, to Southside, right? Yeah. There. Yeah. That was a, yeah, I think they lost by what fifty points or something. Was that right? Like, I'm one hundred percent sure of that one. Yeah, one hundred eighteen yeah, to seventy two, right? So yeah, that's an absolute so the, blowout. And this is a team, the the Bendigo Spirit, that were you know looking at um, you know being a championship contender. They've actually fallen out of the top two now, and you've seen the ladder. It looks like. I was going to say, with the ladder there, Woods, would you say it's pretty likely that there's going to be a, a Victorian yeah. team that does win it this year? I mean, obviously, they're one, two, and three. You know, with apologies to, to you know, my mate Loz from the, um, Townsville there. It does seem like it's going to be one of those Melbourne teams, doesn't it? Definitely. I mean, Southside have just beaten one and three on the ladder and, and, and one by 18 points, one by 56 points, man. That's crazy, right? Yeah, pretty impressive. And it was the experience yeah. they've got there, um, you know, um, LJ's doing a thing, right? Yep. Yep. And then you've got Vic and you know, it's, yeah, I think they've got a good chance of taking it all, man. It's going to be really a good contest going into the uh, postseason. As as we said, those four teams, the three Victorian teams in Townsville are, are the ones that, that are going to go through, through to that no, postseason. Yeah. Definitely. Looking forward to, to catch some action tonight, of course. Um, Just wanted to say before we get into the NBL Talk Woods, we're about just over two months away for the NBL One season to start. So, of course, we're going to be talking a lot about that again this season. Um, Some of the teams are really loading up their rosters. I think it's going to be even bigger and better than last season there. So, Really looking forward to sort of um, be covering that in a couple of months. But anyway, let's talk about a little bit of NBL, right? Um, yeah, so let's obviously do it. round four. I'm sort of always forgetting when the when the round starts and end. Round fourteen started last night, as I said, it's Wednesday the eleventh, so there was a double header last night. Um thought maybe before we talk about this current round woods, um, we might talk about a little bit about last round. Um yep, sure. of course we attended the, the game together on the weekend, Sydney versus Perth. Um Thank we you did. for hooking me up a seat there. That great seat you've got with those um, those members tickets, mate. It's very um, I can see why you enjoy going to those games every week. But yeah, just wanted to get a little bit on your thoughts on on that game, and then I'll maybe talk a little bit about the the Wildcats. I mean, the Kings look really, really strong. I mean, they're going to be the team to beat. I've said it over and over again. I think Matt was saying 
Matt McQuaid was saying, that's four games in a row they've won by 10 points or more. Um, they've got Brisbane tonight in Illawarra. So, yeah, date of recording, 11th of Jan. They've got Brisbane tonight and Illawarra on Sunday. So I think that they could actually extend that to six games. But, um, mm. I mean, I guess the, 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 the difference between the two teams is there's no big man that can really stop Cooks, you know. And, and Suarez was actually really good that night, did his job well. Jordy yeah. Hunter did his job well. Um, I was just really impressed, you know, a, a well-oiled machine. Um, the few games that the Kings have dropped this year, they actually probably should have won, right? They could easily have mm-hmm. like won the majority of almost all of their games this year, right? So um, I did, I did enjoy watching Ty Webster play uh, alongside his brother. That was the highlight of the night for me. But yeah, the Wildcats were never in the game. But it was good to be with you, bro. Definitely. And talk to me a little bit about Chase as well, there, Woods, because I know you you said to me at the game you probably don't think he's getting enough credit for the the coaching job he's doing there and the the development he's done with players. What's your thoughts on on Chase? Pierre Definitely today? not. I mentioned to you Kuat Noi, right? Um, and the kind of um, his games gone to the next level under his tutelage. You can see that you know a guy like Suarez is is learning from him. He he, he goes over to Tim and goes, well, well, well done, Tim. You know when he's done well, or well done, who you know Kuat when he's done well, he's. He's a real players coach, and we saw last year with Wani Swakalabuluk how well he developed, right? Some of these guys were in NBA, NBL, NBL purgatory, right? You know, mm. Wani barely played in, in Perth. Then you had Kuat, who was um, uh, criticized for being unfair and overweight at Cairns. Would he get another opportunity? Well, he got that opportunity uh, under, under Chase. And we talk about a, a guy like Sean Bruce, right? You know, yeah. playing under Gaze, he was, he was not nearly the player that he has developed into. I know he's a bit the older statesman on the team, but Chase uses him beautifully. So I just think that when you talk about Coach of the Year, people talk about Coach Modi, people talk, talk about Coach Adam Ford. But what about Chase Buford, you know? I mean, yep. no, he, does have a, he does have a great uh, roster. That, that's true. But look at the X's and O's that I just spoke about, right? And, and yeah, great players coach, great development coach as well. So, yeah. So everything's good apart from his haircut, right? That's not so good. <laughs> yeah. But he, he yeah. dresses well too. I know we were talking about that in the game. Some of the coaches, yeah. he put some of the coaches to shame there, doesn't he? So, no, well said, I think. Woods I think he's got a policy there, you know? you got to wear suits, right? So you see, you know, Coach Kickett and Kevin Lish in the beautiful suits, and I like that, man. Play, coaches should wear suits, okay? Not these NBL polos and shorts. We, are you passionate that. about that? Yeah. Wear your yeah. suits if you're a coach, man, right? Yeah. All right, so my, my say on the Wildcats, would so I probably calmed down a little bit since that game on Saturday. I was pretty pretty grumpy on the way home, wasn't I, in the car? Um, and obviously that win against New Zealand last night, you know, really sort of cheered me up there. It was nice of Perth to get home. They actually hadn't had a home game for, I think it was a little bit over a month there, so a little bit of home cooking. Went home and got a big win against New Zealand last night. But I guess just a couple of thoughts just from watching that game live. You know, it's the first time I've actually seen um, Perth play in person. Um I know he played a lot better last night, but I was very disappointed in Brady Manick. Um, we know he's, a, he's kind of got that one role, doesn't he? And that's being a shooter there. But I was kind of just a bit disappointed by his overall game, watching him in person. As I said, we were sort of really close up to the court there. Found him a little bit lazy at times. Um, feel like he doesn't perhaps use his size as much as he should. He got nine rebounds last night. I think he's only averaging four rebounds for the season there, Woods, which is, that's pretty ridiculous, right? You think someone his size should at least be able to get two offensive rebounds a game, let alone, you know, a few defensive boards there. So that was probably something that stood out. Um, and I think, obviously, the questions were answered last night about those three veterans on the Wildcats. We see, you know, Norton, um, Wagstaff and Blanchfield. 
you know, I think they probably need to make a call. We are saying after the game, yeah. I think Norton might get another go next year, you know, if he's prepared to accept that bench role and, and come on and play some defence there. But I think, you know, as I said to you when we left, that was the last time I'll see Jesse Wagstaff play unless they, you know, play Sydney in the playoffs and I get to see him live. Um, and I think, you know, Blanchfield is, is clearly sort of on the outer there of his NBL career. But I think it is a team that does need a little bit of an overhaul next year. It wouldn't surprise me if they made, you know, maybe five or six changes or something yeah. like that. Um, I would like to see them get these imports right. Um, I think you can forget about the, the um, Bryce Cotton thing being naturalised. Just until that happens, I'll, I'll, you know, I won't believe it. Okay. Thing. <laughs> Thomas has been a lot better lately, though, yeah, hasn't he? Really um, he's played really better good. against some of the big guys there. But, you know, I guess, you know, Manic has, has some good games there. So you get really down on him, then he has a good game like last night, and then he goes missing for a few games. But I just think our overall recruitment, you see a team like Cairns with the way they've recru- uh, recruited imports over the last few years and everything else like that, um, so, yeah, that's probably my take there. But it was interesting last night to see how much really shortened the bench, wasn't it? It was, it was, and I, I said to you today as well, you know, they play one to two games a week in their 40 minute games. I don't see any problem with what he did there. You don't need to be playing eight, nine, 10 players there. So I think what he did seem to work there, you know, Wildcats are in action again, on, I believe, on Sunday. So, yeah, no, nah, so it was, look, it was definitely a good going to the game. Um, again, thanks for, for the hookup for the seats there. And yeah, it's a shame they've only got the one game there this year, Sydney. They've, Traditionally, at Perth, I mean, they've traditionally had two games here that we've always gone to, but just the one game this season. So, yeah. Um, um, I mean, yeah, you're right. DNPCD yesterday for Toddy, Toddy B and three minutes too many for yeah. Mitch Norton, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Hey, Woods, before we go into the preview for this round, I wanted to put you on the spot there. So I was having to think about the, the import trios in the NBL today. Um, sure. I kind of came up with what I think might be the best four teams. So in my opinion, the best four teams um, with a trio of imports would be Cairns, Adelaide, Melbourne, and New Zealand. So Cairns, Adelaide, Melbourne, and New Zealand. I want you to rank those four in order from first to fourth. Okay. You know I love putting you on the spot too, by the way. Pardon Brantley and Brown in New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to go with them at, at one, right? Okay, yep. Then yep. I'm going to go Hogue, Scott, and McCall, Cairns, number two. Great, great trio, that one. Yep. Great trio. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go IC, Ian Clark, my man, Robert Franks, yep. and AC, Antonius Cleveland, Adelaide, three. Uh, yep. Melbourne, you know... Melbourne's still pretty good. I think Marcus, it's maybe sleeping on them a bit, right? Marcus, Marcus Lee's come good, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. um, uh, so I really like Marcus Lee. You know, they should have got him at the start instead of what's his name? What's the old 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 mate's name? The original import they cut. Um, uh, yeah, name escapes me now. Having so, a blank yeah. now, man. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Been a long day. Caroline, Jordan, Caroline. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marcus Lee. Um, Xavier Rathan Mays or Rathan Mays, whatever you want to call him, and yeah. um, obviously Rajon Tucker, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, look, they're, they're definitely fourth, right? Just because of the impact that the, the, the last uh, Lee and um, Tucker probably are just a, a little bit behind some of those, right? No, so, fair call. Cool. Yeah. I think you've rated those four well, and I, you know, I love putting you yeah. on the spot. I think you've done well. The only one that I think maybe, I, I definitely agree New Zealand's got the best trio. The Adelaide versus Cairns option, you could maybe sort of go either way. I think probably the Adelaide players have got a higher pedigree there in terms of names there, but you can't deny what those Cairns guys have done this year. I know we're both really big fans yeah. of DJ Hogue there. I mean, he's a player. If he's the, the awesome. Wildcats could suddenly trade Brady Manic for DJ Hogue, I'd be all over that one. So, yeah. And you think with all the resources Perth have, right? You know, with their recruitment and scouts and everything, and an yeah. under-resourced Ken's uh, outfit that a exactly. community-based team, 
that Perth would do a better job of their recruitment, right? Going back to this. Cairns have been nailing him for a few years now, haven't they? Yep. We saw obviously Space Cam, Cam Oliver. You know, he was a, a big pickup. Scotty Machado, DJ Newbull. What a great exactly. import trio that was. Right? Yep. Yeah. No, they had some great ones there. So, all right, what's well, no, good stuff? Well, all right, well, maybe we'll bring up the the games for this week. As I mentioned, you know, the, the round did start last night. So those two games, obviously, we saw. Um, Tasmania getting up in a in a close one, ended up being very close at the end against Illawarra, and then the Wildcats winning an equally close one. But yeah, why don't you maybe yeah. um right. maybe take us through those other games, Edwards? Well, we can see the results there, so let's just quickly talk about them. So the Hawks eighty nine uh, and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers ninety two. That was a must win game for Tasmania. I mean, every game is a must win game for those guys sitting between you know fourth and eighth on the table. Um, just quickly on. Our boy JJ, I mean, and the Hawks, they're, they're undermanned. They've lost Peyton Siever for the season. They've lost Ma- Michael Frazier for the season. Four imports uh, they've lost for yeah. the season. In, adi- in addition to King and, and Robinson, right? Yeah. They're really fighting, and they're in every game. And, you know, we're playing them on the weekend, so we've got to not take them lightly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about your your uh, Wildcats last night. Hey, is that slide it. missing a couple of games there, Woods? Yeah, I, I put them on the second on the second slide today because perfect, perfect. All right, yeah. so no, well, I guess yeah, tonight's game yeah is a set of a Wednesday night game. Always good to have a midweek game. Um, yeah, I think Sydney's just looking too good, aren't they? You know, to get back on the road where they certainly play well. So I think the the Kings will sort of be will be fine for that first game we've got tonight. Yep, definitely. Um, I will go with New. I'm going to go with Melbourne to beat New Zealand. Ooh. Yeah, Melbourne's playing they're, well, they're on, they? they're, on, they're on a roll, man. They're on a roll. Yep. Um, no, I, so just quickly, Mel- yeah. if, I was going to say, if Melbourne win that one, I think they, they'd be level with South East there as well. They have the you know pretty much the same win total there as well. So it's a big game there. New Zealand, you know, obviously played a couple of nights ago. There's not a long time between games there. A, a pretty reasonable road trip they had to do to Perth there. So, Robbie, yeah. just before we move on, man, just let's go, go back quickly. Speak a little bit more about that huge win last night right, and how, how much it meant to the Wildcats against the Breakers. It was really big, wasn't it? You know, shout out yeah. to those Perth fans there. I think they had 11,500 on a, on a yeah. Tuesday night, which was just amazing there. But, yeah, it was a big one, wasn't it? I think they moved up from seventh on the ladder to fifth, um, which was just huge. You know, I was looking at seventh on the ladder after that Kings game. Like, man, I'm getting a bit concerned. I know we've still got to play Sydney twice, I believe, both in Perth. Um, I think we've sort of had our fair share of the Illawarra and Brisbane games now as well. So, yeah, really big win. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things where the ladder can literally just shake up like that. You know, as I said, they moved up. You know, two spots from seventh to fifth last night. So, yeah, really big win. I went to bed very, very pleased after that one last night. What about the New Zealand fans that were tuning into that game? What time would it have been in New Zealand on a Tuesday night? Yeah, you're right, actually. It would have been, what, 11.30? I think they're two hours ahead. So, yeah, you're right. It would have been 11.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, it would have been a few diehard fans staying up for that one, I guess. Not the Shout most user-friendly. I think that was the game they rescheduled, wasn't it? The one that yep. you know, New Zealand couldn't play. So, I guess they just had to make the best of it. That's why we got a doubleheader on a Tuesday night, right? That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Tasmania versus Adelaide. That game on Thursday, yep. That's a big game, isn't it, that one? I mean, obviously, Definitely. real you know, big playoff implications in that game there. Um, I'm going to say Tassie at home wins that one, but, yeah, that's going to be, be a pretty decent one, I think. And we're talking about crowds before as well. How about those crowds that Adelaide have been getting? Oh, man. They've been getting Crazy. sort of record crowds. I spoke to a, a mate that was at the game there on the weekend, and he was saying the atmosphere and event was just incredible there. He was just blown away about how good the you know, the game day experience was there. So, yeah, shout-out to the Adelaide fans. But They've got a good roster together. Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. I think they've they've made a few good changes. I think CJ's coaching pretty well. You know, he's had his, um, his knockers in the past, so I think he's, he's coaching pretty well. But I'd say Tasmania will get that one in a close one. Yep, nice. All right, so because there's so many games uh, this round. It's a record round, isn't it? I think there's 11 games in, what, six days or something, which is probably the biggest round of the season. Yep, 
So you got that. They are going to Cairns and Illawarra. Um, Cairns to take that one out on Friday night. Um, probably you know quite if easily. Pind, if Pinder's going to be back, back for that Pind, one, I think Pinder will be back, but they might take the cautious approach on him because they're pretty much locked in now, yeah. right? To to that top. But they, they want to be pushing for that top two spot, you know, so they don't have to worry about that play in and get a guaranteed playoff. But So I'd be playing Pinder now if he was healthy, yep. even against Illawarra, because as I said, they can beat anyone on any day. And they, they scared Cairns the, the other day, you know, um, without Keanu. So I, yeah, I'd, I'd be playing Keanu. Yeah. All right, moving on, Brisbane versus Melbourne, uh, which is on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick Brisbane at the moment with the way they're playing, isn't it? They're a pretty frustrating team to watch off on as well. I actually quite like watching Illawarra, but it's something about Brisbane I'm just not really enjoying at the moment watching them. Um, a lot of complaining from their players is probably the most. I don't thing, think they but, like watching yeah. them either. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, look, I'll say Melbourne will be too strong. And look, if, you know, assuming they win that that other um, Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, their only game, isn't it? No, no they've they got, got New Zealand. They've got New Zealand. That's right. New Zealand, of course. Yeah, they could be on a high if they win that. And coming in, if they win both of these games this round, I mean, that really puts them back into the into playoff contention. Definitely. Um, and then your Wildcats at home against Adelaide. Yeah, that's the open air game, that one. I think I yep. heard that they're expecting like 25 kilometre an hour winds or something in Perth. That came on, on Sunday. So, yeah, hopefully that doesn't impact the game there. It's going to be, be a good sort of spectacle to see the roof open. But, yeah, great game again, isn't it? Um, look, I'm going to say Perth. But, I mean, saying that, are Adelaide really going to lose two road games there? So, you know, they're probably going to potentially get a, get one of those road wins. Split. So, hopefully yep. they can they can beat Tasmania and we can beat them. Yeah, well, you picked Tasmania, right? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, well, I think Stewie, our, our good friend, is going. Uh, potentially Nate as well, right? They were saying on our group Shout chat. out to the lads, yep. Yep. Um, okay, moving on. This is going to be a huge game. You know, this is going to have implications for two and three. Uh, New Zealand versus Cairns. I'm going to tip New Zealand to go on a bit of a free fall here after that loss yesterday. You know, I'm going yeah, to tip... What, the, there's a couple yeah. of teams playing three games, isn't there, this round? Which is something we re- very rarely see yeah. in the NBL. But, yeah, look, two of, those, two of those games are at home. But, yeah, that should be a cracker. And you wonder with someone like Pinder, if he does come back, potentially they might play him in one of those two. So it's hard to predict which one. But, yeah, I think you're probably right. I'll say New Zealand will, will, will win them. Oh, I was saying Cairns will win that one, and New Zealand will be you're in a free fall. I think New Zealand uh, will win. You're, you're just a Cairns Cairns. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm being a bit of a homer here, but I'm yeah. okay. I'm hoping New Zealand lose. I don't think three. New Zealand personally will win two in a row at home. I think that's probably a bit ask with, yeah. with the team and the way Pardon's playing, especially. Um, hey, just quickly, what are your thoughts on Barry Brown? There was he was doing some pretty funny stuff last <laughs> night, jacking up shots, barking at you know the coach and stuff like that. He's a he's an interesting player, isn't he? He's a character. I mean, he's always got a lot to say. He's never short of a word, is he? No, nah, for sure. For sure. I like him though he's got charisma man so yeah yeah uh, but you were saying he might be gone <laughs> i reckon it might be a one and done season for him somehow yeah. yeah right for sure for sure all right um all right next one i'm going to be going to this game it's the double as well with the flames on at two o'clock and the kings on at four nice. so um yeah i'm gonna enjoy the double header and uh, i mean we've got to be wary of illawarra you know tyler harvey last time um the imports were out peyton siva was out as well they only had harvey and it, it took a buzzer beater from from Brucey to to yeah. put put the Hawks to sleep, so we have got to be wary there of the the Hawks, man. It's the it's the freeway series, and they're always our, our arch nemesis. So I'm still going to tip Sydney on that one, though. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last game of the round. I mean, Southeast Melbourne, um, very injury depleted. So talk to That's me. That's their only game, isn't it? I think Southeast. Yeah, they've, yeah, um, they've yeah. the last game of the round. So basically, one game. So they they might get a chance to get some of those guys healthy. But yeah, you think Southeast would be too much for a, for a really free falling Brisbane Bullets team at the moment? No, I'm with you. Good stuff. Well, yeah, certainly looking forward to it. I mean, so many games to follow. There are 11 games in six days. So it's going to be a huge round. Um, 
All right, what's that CMBL wrap there? Something we haven't done for a few weeks, obviously, you know, with this Christmas break and everything like that. Yep. Let's do a little bit of Hawks talk. What do you reckon? Let's do um, it, man. So, yeah, I guess at the time of recording, the Hawks are 19 and 21. Um, they've recently just got back from a four-game uh, Western road trip where they ended up going two and two. Probably should have gone three and one. Have they, you know, maybe boxed out a little bit better against Golden State? But, yeah, what were your thoughts on that road trip, Woods? Um, how do you think we're, we're looking at the moment? Not too bad, but that, that loss to Golden State in double overtime was really frustrating. And we were talking about it the other day, right? Like some of Trey's decision-making down the stretch leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just not sure about us. 19 and 21, are we, are we good? I think we've had our full roster or that full starting five potentially yeah. one game this year. Woods, that's something that's in the back of my mind. You know, Capella's obviously missed a few games now. We know Double O, you know, um, has stepped up. You know, Congo and played pretty well, but we need Capella back in that starting lineup. I think I like our roster. Personally. Yep. I'm not just putting the Homer cap on there. I do like the roster. I think we need to get a little bit of a run on now. I know January is quite a tough schedule for him as well. There's not a lot of home games, but. Yeah, I think two and two was probably decent to end that road trip, right? Yeah, you know, they got a Could decent. Could three and one, as you said, though, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. only game that was bad was obviously that Lakers game, but they finished off pretty strongly against the Clippers. Um, nearly gave the lead away. That's the thing that sort of seems to still be bothering me. They yeah. they do give a lot of leads away. Um, we've spoken as well. Nate McMillan's known as a defensive coach, but we just seem to regularly be letting teams score. You know, one hundred and twenty odd on us. I know that's the the nature of the NBA this year, but I'd like to see our yep. defense improve a little bit there. But yeah, some decent signs. Um, well, tell me some more positive stuff. Woods. What are you What are you liking from the team? And maybe who are who are a couple of players that are impressing you at the moment? Well, if the Atlanta Hawks are going to reach their ceiling, you know what's really important is the continued development of DeAndre Hunter. Um, and you know he's the former fourth overall pick. But he's been, had a bit of an inconsistent season so far, right? He's averaging career-best 15-4 points per game, but we've seen his efficiency from beyond the arc fall a little bit um, on a team that needs it. But, um, look, he's taking slightly, a slightly few less threes. Um, you know, a lot of those looks are coming off the dribble now as opposed to catch and shoot, so maybe that's the reason why. But, you know, his calling card's always been his defense, and in, in the Hawks win over the, the Clippers... You know, he showed why by going, you know, toe-to-toe with, with Kawhi yeah, Leonard. So yeah, that was just brilliant the way he played against Kawhi. Um, so I think that's going to be a really big factor in us going to the next level and, and, and making some noise in the playoffs if we can get there, right? But I think he's a, he's a vital cog in it. Uh, can I hear some Derek Favors as well? I knew you'd be happy about that. I messaged you today. Obviously, yeah, for those that haven't heard of him, the Hawks signed him to a 10-day contract today. So veteran Derek Favors. He's a local guy. He played his college at Georgia yep. Tech, I believe. But, yeah, what do you think um, Favors could, could offer the Hawks bench there? Definitely. I mean, Capella's injury has, injuries have been up and down, right? Um, just a guy who brings experience as well, you know. Um, I think it's a 10-day contract, right? I think they should it consider is, yeah. making that full-time, right, and keeping him on the roster. You, to have that old wise head. Um, on the team doesn't hurt and recently as a few years ago he was still contributing well you know in that you saw how well he played with Joe Ingles in Utah in that high pick and roll action there's no reason why he can't come and play spot minutes off the off the bench and and you know have a a good uh, working relationship with the likes of Trey right so um, any any concerns was that he has been a free agent for a couple of months now and no other team sort of took a look at him is that a worry at all do you think he's only 31 though right mm-hmm. I think the th- thing about favors is He's a great rebounder. He's an, he's an above-average defender, not a great shot blocker. Doesn't yeah. stretch the floor to the three-point range. Well, he doesn't take men, very very few, right? Oh. So, I mean, what's in the market is looking for a guy, a big who can stretch the floor, shoot threes, and block shots. 
You know, Favors is old school, workman like, blue collar guy, likes to get rebounds, set screens, roll to the basket, right? There's less of a need for that. So I think that's probably a reason why he hasn't been picked up so far, but it doesn't mean he can't contribute in this league still. As I said, at 31 years of age, sure, his best years are behind him, but he still has something to offer to the game, I think. And yeah. and that could be off the floor, you know, in practice sessions, you know, helping Definitely. some of the younger guys like Okoro and stuff, you know. Um, I see no reason why he can't. Um, the Hawks can't benefit from his presence on that roster. Uh, well said, Woods. I know the Hawks have got Milwaukee tomorrow, and Milwaukee's certainly been struggling a little bit lately. We saw the Hawks beat them maybe a couple of times this season, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. as well. So that's another big game. Just got to start edging closer to 500 now. We're two games under. We've seen Miami get another win today, so they're starting to move up. Even Chicago's looking a little bit better of late as well. So got to keep in contention with those mm-hmm. teams. And I still wouldn't rule out Toronto as well. You could see them making a run if they get healthy. Um, as well with the roster they've got. So, no, a big few weeks coming up, I think, there. But uh, good stuff, Woods. Well, yeah, a little yeah. bit of a Hawks talk. We haven't done that for a while. So something else we haven't done for a while, I know people love to see us undo, um, is some classic packs. So I know you got a bit of a, an order in the mail, Woods. I think you were a bit disappointed. What ended up happening with that? Maybe oh, tell us what happened with this order with the packs. Huge order, 100, 100, 100 Australian dollars, 120 or something. 100, 100, 100 packs. I thought it was 100 packs, right? But it was 100 cards. So I ended oh, up getting about eight. What it was. Eight packs for a hundred dollars, which is like I mean I normally pay six or seven dollars for a pack. So look, whatever, paying ten dollars a pack, whatever, it's three dollars extra, right? But I was really excited. I think this is a deal too good to be true. And I emailed the guy and I said, it said huge hundred. It didn't say packs. It didn't say cards. I must admit, right? But yeah, like yeah. the photos of like, of like hundreds of packs, right? So it gives <laughs> you the the image, right? Like, and you think. But anyway, I got some really good packs. And so what we're gonna do, do today is the inaugural edition. Of the Skybox cards. The very first, I think from memory, they were eighty nine ninety, if I'm not mistaken, Robbie. Um, okay. Uh, let me just double check the... Certainly um, always a, while you check that out, yeah, certainly always a nice looking pack of cards, aren't they? With obviously the artwork and lots of colours and everything on there then. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. I actually thought that might have been a, a too good a deal to be true, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was. Packs, but... Yeah. So 1991, I know our boy 91. Stu lo- loves okay. this pack. So Stu, yeah. this one's for you, man. Uh, and it's the Series nice. 2. So I've got a few nice hoops and upper decks and flares here. So we've still got packs for eight weeks, man. So. Very good. Well, that's hopefully I'm not too rusty and I can can um, get a few of your clues today pretty quickly. This is, this is golden years for me, man. You know, when I first yeah. started collecting cards. So. Yep. All right. We've, Canadian, we've got this guy's card a lot of times. Big man, um, played He's with... He's got a beard. Uh, beard, played with... Let me give some clues, man, for the audience. No, played, I know who it is, but give some clues, yeah. Play, played with Jordan on the, on the, on the, on the second three-peat. Um, really good guy. We see him featuring the uh, um, Jordan documentary, right? Yeah. Um, who am I speaking of? Of course, we're talking about Big Billy Wennington. I remember him having a really nice tip-in dunk on a, a top 10 um, plays of NBA action once as well. Yeah, had some time with the, the Kings as well, so... Yeah, oh, that's with the Kings that one. Yeah, so big Bill Wangton yeah, with a running left-hand spiral with the ball on fire. Got to love that. They are pretty cool cards, those ones, aren't they? Yeah. And he was show show me the back of those woods just so we can see what the, the back of those look like. Nice. Yeah. Big and he was man. great in the documentary. Really enjoyed his yeah, interviews and his insights, right? Okay. Um, teammate of Michael Jordan in North Carolina. Great LA Laker. Uh, played his whole career. Another teammate of Michael Jordan in North Carolina. Played oh. his whole career in LA Multiple-time NBA All-Star. Big game, James Worthy. Nice. He was a great player, wasn't he? Someone that gets a little bit forgotten about, doesn't he, with the great career that he had? Yep. 
All right, underrated guard, played for the Timberwolves in the uh, alongside. Oh, who did he play with? Can't remember who his backcourt partner was in that year. But 1991. Um, okay, he's got his namesake. Was a big man for New Orleans later on in his career. Golden State, San Antonio. Timberwolves, number, number five. Number, number five, very oh, similar jersey. Yep, yes, exactly. Yeah. Very similar jersey he's got under the one yeah, you're wearing right now. There. I was a big fan of Doug West. He was a yeah. high flyer back in those early 90s as well, so it was regularly... Who's, who's his backcourt partner? Who's the starting point guard on Probably that? Probably would have been Richardson. Well, Richardson, exactly. Yeah. He was too, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, number 20, Pacers forward, six foot six. Um... The mayor, Fred Hoiberg? Oh, it's a little bit before that. Had a it? very modest NBA career. Uh, put up very modest stats. LaSalle? Um, no, he he had a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know much more about him. <laughs> These don't even say the college on the back of them. So I'm just going to tell you. George McLeod. Oh, George McLeod. Of course, we know he was a three-point shooter there. Had yep. some good time with Dallas. I think he might have held that... Three-point shooting record for a short time there. He was a real gunner, that guy. So, yeah, I didn't mind George McClellan. Only averaged 2.7 points per game in the 89-90 season. Mm, yeah, okay. he was early days for him then. Stu, this one's for you, okay? I know I know you're going to love this. This guy's little-known white, uh, white guy forward, six foot eight from the New York Knicks, averaged 1.3 points per game. I'm pretty sure, Stu, he's pulled this guy's card before and waxed lyrical about him. Number three, I'm talking about... Oh, I'm blanking on this Stewie, guy's you know name. who I'm talking about, man. I know okay. he'd be shouting out if he's listening. Little oh, known white this, guy, right? What was this guy again? We had to like, look him up and we had to laugh. Yeah, tell me this one. I'm not going to... Brian Quinnett. That's right. Brian Quinnett. Shout out. <laughs> Brian Quinnett. Yeah. I think Stewie pulled his exact same card, right? I think so. I think so. Yep. <laughs> Legendary Phoenix Suns coach. Uh, worked with the Suns during this period. Cotton Fitzsimmons? Uh, yes. Cotton Fitzsimmons. And this is what he said. The Phoenix Suns... Pa- hey, Woods, I think you could say you think about him. I, th- I believe Cotton is no longer with us, but yeah, I know you like to kill off these old coaches. I'll just read this. The Phoenix Suns are for real, and we plan to stay around for quite some time as a force in the Western Conference, which they still are today. If we can improve yep. and become more consistent in some areas, the Suns might be able to take that extra steps and play in the NBA Finals one day. And they have done so. Yes. Yeah. All right. I have no clue about this guy, all right? He averaged 6.7 points a game for the Clippers. Uh, probably played alongside Charles Smith, Ron Harper, Danny Manning, Joe Wolf. I'm talking about... What number is he? Harold Ellis? Number two. Not Rory Sparrow. No, I'm talking about Tom Garrick. Wow. Yeah, that's going back. I do remember him, but I yeah, I know nothing about him. So I wouldn't say it's the most uh, marquee pack so far, is it? With Brian Quinnett, Tom Garrick, some of these sort of guys. But maybe pull out a superstar for us coming up. Okay, yeah. this guy played for the Spurs in 1990-91. Also had some time at the Milwaukee Bucks. Was a microwave off the bench. Could really get it done. Uh, um, great sixth man, six foot five guard, number eight um, on the Paul Spurs. Pierce. Paul Pressey. Or Pressy, Paul Pressy, yeah, I got the report. Yes. Right. I, yeah, nice. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, he was a good player, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Did have some good years at Milwaukee, right? Afterwards. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. All right. Another veteran high flyer, 
six foot two guard, but he could go upstairs and dunk it. Um, number twelve for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I'm talking about none other than none other than. Did you stop me on a few of these this week? Twelve uh, Philly. Johnny Dawkins. Oh, Johnny Dawkins. Okay, yeah, the left-hander out of. Uh, yeah. I think he might have been a Duke player from memory. I think. Man, this is a really average. I wouldn't bat. say Johnny Dawkins is a high flyer. There was, I think you might have um, might have uh, thrown me off. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm confusing with. You're Duncan thinking Daryl Dawkins. Daryl yeah, Dawkins. Johnny, my, Johnny Dawkins definitely my, wasn't a high flyer. My bad. I'm confusing the two. Yeah, yeah. No, all good. All good. All you right, can go to um, two because at least I got something there. Yeah. All right, uh, Denver Nuggets guard. Um, we've pulled this pulled this guy's card before. Four point nine points per game. I'm pretty sure we pulled this card when Gazy was on our show. Um, I can't tell you much Christ about him, man. No. Um, I don't give you much about him because they don't have the colleges on the back here yeah, or any, okay. anything about yeah. him. Jerome Lane. Oh, yeah. Pooh Lane, I think his nickname was, right? I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Um, this one's a good one. Uh, this guy was uh, NBA draft pick for our Atlanta Hawks in the 89-90 seasons. Um Doesn't even say what college he went to. Um, Ramil Robinson? Ramil Robinson. Nice. He went to Michigan, of course. Yep. Yep. Nice. I remember those old cards. So I think that was the same year with like what Derek Coleman, Kendall Gill, Gary Payton, those sort of guys. Oh, to remember those. we've got a checklist. Oh, look at that. Hey, bring out the team. Read out the team at least before you All do right. anything with that. So one. we got John Battle, John Contract, Concat, oh. Concat. Moses Malone, Glenn Doc Rivers, Alan, Alexander Volkov, Volkov Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, Kevin Willis, Ramil Robinson, Tim McCormick, Sidney Moncrief, and oh. Bob Weiss was the coach, right? Yeah, good old Bobby. So you're still going to do your thing with even though it's our team? No, I'm not going to. You're not going to? No, I've got to keep no. this one, man. No, right? you've got to keep it. That should be fun. Normally, for the viewers that haven't seen us do this before, if we get a checklist, normally Woody rips it up. Chucks it over his shoulder. We give this one to Hawks, and it's a nice-looking Skybox card. We'll keep that one. Yep. Probably one of the greatest shooters of all time, okay? This guy's life was cut short tragically before he could go to the heights that we would have seen him go to. All right? None other than Drazen um, Petri, because that would be a Portland, to... Portland card too, right there? Portland, Drazen Petrovic, and I recently right. got his next jersey, remember? Yeah. You did. Hey, Woods, that's one of those rare cards where there's actually other players on there, right? Normally they've sort of managed to, to sort of make it so it's just the one player there. But yeah, Bo Kimball and Ken Ken Norman are on there. Ken Norman, nice. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Talk about a career cut short. He was just a special player to watch. And if yeah, those don't know a lot about him, watch that um, documentary they made a few years ago. Once we were brothers. Yeah, bloody Dave, that's yep. him, right? Yep. Dino Raja, Tony Kukoc, mm-hmm. all those yep. guys, man. Um, okay, this guy was a forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number 52 would have played alongside Craig Elo and Brad Doherty, Mark Price. Um, Ron Harper might have been there in the late 80s for as well. Um, he averaged 7.3 points per game. He's got oh, John, John Hot Rod Williams. No, no, God, God. Uh, Ford, sorry, oh, God. Ford. Six foot seven, six foot seven Ford, sorry. Yeah. Number 52. Yep. All right. Chuck. Chucky Brown. 
Oh, Chucky Brown. Okay, yep. Man, we got some interesting cards in this pack. We got it. Is that is that it? One more. more. Okay, this guy's got the same surname as the Iceman, but that's all I can tell you about him. And he played for the New Jersey Nets number 24. Oh, Derek Gervin. Derek Gervin. At least I'll finish off with nailing one. Wow, that's a pretty ordinary pack, pack, wasn't it? So we had James Worthy. Was there anyone else that actually had a half-decent career in that pack? We had James Worthy, Bill Wennington, Doug West, George McLeod is all right. I guess Brian Quinnett, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Derek Gervin, Chucky Brown, Drazen Petrovic, yeah. Uh, Ramil Robinson, Jerome Lane, Johnny Dawkins, Paul Pressey, and Tom Garrick, whoever that is. That so. was a horrendous pack. That, that, could be one of, that could be one of our all-time top three. But that makes it interesting, doesn't it? Sort of seeing some, some names and everything we haven't thought about or, or talked about on the show. So yeah. uh, good stuff, Woods. So I'll enjoy that. Well, so, yeah, that sort of brings us to the end of the show now. Um, just wanted to obviously thank everyone for tuning in. As I said at the start of the show, please make sure you like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just a reminder where we can be followed. Um, our Twitter handle is throwbackshoops. Um, Instagram is throwback.hoops. And our email address, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Woods, you want to give your shout outs? Yeah, look, Patreon, we appreciate all your support. Um, thanks so much. And keep tuning into the show. And yeah, can't, can't thank everyone enough um, for all their support through 2022. Um, and we hope to get kind of that same support in, in, the, in the new year. Hey, I know we had some good feedback for those random Hawks jerseys I had last week. We had a few few comments um, you know, across the various channels about my Dan Dickow and Perro Antich jersey. So, yeah, that was fun to sort of bring those ones. I know you put the pictures up on, on socials today for those ones. So I no, yeah. appreciate the feedback. It was nice to, to meet some of our listeners at, at the game on Saturday, wasn't it? That was that was cool. So shout out to some of the guys there. Yep. Um, should say as well, Wood, so I think we've got one more regular episode. Um, you're actually going to be going overseas for you know, yep. 10 days or so. So one sort of regular show that we'll do next week. Um, then I'm going to be getting a special guest for the week after. So we might have mentioned in the Marbag episode, still negotiating at the moment to see who we can get, but um, we'll definitely still be putting out a show that week that you're away there. So, oh. Hey, Robbie, just one yeah. more shout out. I caught up with the basketball blokes who were on a road trip oh, in yeah. Melbourne. All right. Awesome guys. They just came up to me and said, you're Woody from Throwback Hoops. We hung out the whole day after the game. They do a great job over there. Listen to their show. They gave me a shout out on their show recently. And so I'm doing the same. Anyone who plays NBL Fantasy, listen to the basketball blokes. And look, guys, we're looking forward to collaborating with you and having having you on the show shortly. Yeah. Sounds good. No, big shout out to them. Well said, Woods. Um, All right. Well, I think that's it for another week there, Woods. Um, Looking forward to doing it all again next week. It's a a big piece out from the Throwback Hoops team. Thanks, guys.